0: For the, emotional emotional for the godly, on the go. Appetize. For the godly, on the go. go. Welcome to all my listeners to Commuters Communion. How y'all doing today? As you know, Commuters Communion's Commuters Communion is your devotional appetizers for the godly on the go. My goal is to help you to stay spiritually fed your communion with christ even if you got to stop by the drive-thru my name is terrence Moore, and today what's on the menu dress rehearsal so before we start i'ma do a little bit of, of a mindfulness practice just wherever you are if you're driving on the train whatnot take a deep breath take a deep breath and let your mind to clear out ask the holy spirit to guide your time with him to guide what's about what you're about to meditate on what you're about to hear allow truth to reset you for you to be oriented towards him and whatever's happened before that to be secondary that's what communion is about and that's what i want to set us up to do so take a second How do we have that in place to take care of how how we're, how we enter into this space? Let me go right into it. You know, growing up, I wasn't in theater or anything like that. Um, and it wasn't really my scene. Um, I got mad respect, though, for those who were. Um, because I know that Joan took a lot of work. Um, I know you had to rehearse and rehearse and just yeah do so much work and go into it um just over and over again until you got it perfect and that wasn't just your lines but that was your movements that was your facial expressions that was all this stuff that I don't even know you know that went into it to make it a great production but I know it took a lot of work um and then after that days before I noticed y'all would have these things called dress rehearsals where essentially you do it as close as you can to make it feel like the real thing Um, To set it up as close as possible to be what the production night or what the live thing would be like, the premiere would be like. One thing that came to mind recently was how life in general is basically one big dress rehearsal for what happens after death. You know, I know I'm getting there kind of quickly this episode, but the main point for today is that heaven will be the perfected and eternal practice of whatever you pursue presently. To dig a little deeper into that, if your life currently is about Jesus, then after death, you'll get Jesus. Heaven will be principally defined by a direct and consuming and transformative face-to-face interaction and encounter with Jesus and everything that comes with Jesus. The love, the peace, the hope, the joy, the fellowship, the healing, the wholeness, the restoration—all those things that are synonymous with God—will be there as a extension of what it means to know and to be in unhindered relationship with Jesus in heaven. That's what heaven's going to be. Um, and on the other side of that, if your life is not about Jesus, then you will get an afterlife absorbed eternally in the things that are the opposite of Jesus isolation pain, death suffering, depravity I know that sounds grim but that's, that's literally the definition I know people sometimes say things like you know so and so is such and such as a living hell there's not a more depictive picture of what a living hell is than a life without the s- source of life who is Christ having that persist forever that's like the definition of living hell um so yeah the main point again for today is that like heaven will be this perfected and eternal practice of whatever you pursue presently and i thought about this just trying to somewhat even just picture what is it i'm working for and not even work in terms of like just doing works or doing all this stuff but like what is it that i'm looking forward to um what is heaven gonna be like and I, it came to mind that heaven's going to be a picture of what life with Jesus is like on earth, except to the billionth exponent it's going to be significantly greater. Um, the scripture. So the scripture that uh, I was led to for this is in Matthew 25 verses 31 through 40. And it reads when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick, or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say unto you, as you did it to one of the least of these, My brothers, you did it to me. So (laughs) the heartbeat of this text and one of the main themes that you're uncovering, um, even apart from dissecting the whole thing. The heartbeat is that you'll be separated and inherited by whatever it is that you uh, did while you were on Earth or whatever, whatever that was your stance more so. While you were on earth As we see in verse 32 The shepherd um, Didn't designate sheep from goats He only separated what they were already identified by So in verse 32 it says Before him will be gathered all the nations And he will separate people one from another As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats He didn't go through a name Oh you're a sheep, you're a goat They were already what they were When they got to the point of judgment He just separated what they already were And so again, to my main point If the continuation of how you live your life now Isn't at least somewhat a dimmer picture Of what the Bible describes as what heaven will be like And what it means to be a citizen of heaven Then that should be an alarm the second thing, again, you're going to be separated by and inherited by whatever it is that your stance is on earth. Um, and again, in verse um, in verse 34, we see, and this is just a principle, right? You like you only inherit what is yours by birth or legal right. And so we see in verse 34 that the king will say to those on his right, so the sheep, you who are blessed, are come. You who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom, prepared for you from the foundations of the world. And so, when you become a son or a daughter of of God, you are brought in; you are grafted into an eternal spiritual family, and you will therefore to partake in this inheritance. And so, if you think about your lifestyle, what it is you pursue, where your heart is, is that something that's gonna? Is that what is following that train or that trajectory? Is that going to lead you to inherit death? Is that going to lead you to inherit eternal separation? Or is that going to lead you to an inheritance that's reflective of being a son or a daughter of God? Because we see those who inherit the kingdom are already like are blessed by the father, are already connected to the father. The father thought of them before the foundations of the earth, and he prepared something for them. Knowing that they are his and that they will be brought back home. And so again, without even getting into the justice portion of this verse, which is very important, how you clothed the naked, how you fed the hungry, how you, um, yeah, gave drink to the thirsty. It's important to know that all of those actions are flowing out of a stance that you have already chosen. And the actions themselves won't save you. It's the position, the stance. The identity, that's what saves you. And you can only get to the righteous part of being a sheep by faith in Christ. Don't mistake this to mean if you do these things and treat um, the least of these like Jesus, that you'll get heaven. The verse is meant to tell us that heaven is within those who are baptized in Christ, who died as Christ did and rose with him and therefore live to serve Him because of uh, where their heart is with Christ and because of what they've done by faith because of um, how they believed in the finished work of Christ by faith and if that is your everything on earth that'll continue to be your everything in a more fuller and perfected form after after you pass from this earth so that's what we're pointing at for today it's kind of heavy and it's something though that should give you hope If you are, it's something that should give you hope, though. If you are one uh, of God's children, it's something that should make you think and hopefully, um, yeah, provoke seeking and searching and perhaps repentance if you are not um, a sheep. And so that's my prayer Um, for my to-go plate. I actually want to invert the question that the righteous ask God um, at the end of this passage. Instead of saying, when did We see you um, and give you food and give you drink and clothe you and all these things. I still want to ask that question, but adapt it a bit for your to go plate. When you think about Jesus, when Jesus comes to mind, come to your heart. Where does that take you? Does that feel like home? Does it take you to a place of refuge? Does it take you to a place of belonging and love? Or does it just feel like something that's distant? Does it feel like something that's not quite right not because you're perfect but because you can't even see a reconciled relationship with him there's still some things that need attention if it's the latter you want it to be different the Lord invites that the Lord is waiting for that to be worked out not by you doing things to get better but by you seeking him and in his mercy uh, asking him to repair the relationship and then having your eyes open to how he repaired it on the cross and that being enough, <laughs> if when you think about Jesus, it takes you to a place of belonging and consummation and intimacy, then that should also be a thought of comfort and also a thought of challenge to convict you of how you treat others as well. Um, so anyway, yeah, to, to go play for today is to, to pose that same question to you: When did we see Jesus? And to think about what it, what do you do? How do you respond when you do see him? So. I'm going to pray, the um, Lord, I pray, oh God, that um, the treasure of uh, heaven, and more importantly, the treasure of you, the God, you as God's only begotten son, become everything to the listeners, Oh God, so that when they think about heaven, they just don't think about um, paradise and nice things, but they think about an eternal and perfected practice of worship, and that is something that causes wonder and awe in their sight. Dear Lord, I pray that you would remove every barriers and blocks to um, that being the case, that you would bring glory to your name, oh God, and that you would bring people to you, that you would catch us up, catch all the listeners up, dear Lord, like a net, dear God, but like like just being a fisher, a fisher of men, oh God, that you would catch them up just in inescapable grace and inescapable love and belonging. Oh, Father, I pray that your gospel be brought to life, um, dear God, before it's too late, before you're separating, um, sheeps from goats. the You are our one true shepherd who gave up your life for the sheep. God, you are our one true shepherd who loves and pursues. And We love you. Dear God, I ask that you continue to, to just work the soil of the listener's heart. So God, and you would do that uh, until you come back again. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Appreciate you for tuning in for today. Pray this episode blesses you, and we'll look forward to speaking to y'all the next time. Of course, always like, subscribe, share, send this to others who are who are seeking and who are seeking to grow in their relationship with God. And until next time, as always, stay fed.